0: You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio, and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. How are you doing tonight? And it, I, I'm good. I'm good. But uh, it's movie night. Did you know that? Yes, yes. It's Fusion Control movie. movie night. Oh, good. I'm yep. glad you. I'm glad you knew what we were watching tonight. <laughs>
1: yes, I got the so memo. it
0: is. It is H.G. Wells' Things to Come, which I don't know. Some most places just put this down as Things to Come, but well, it was. It's also been advertised, and at the beginning of the film, it definitely says H.G. Wells' Things to Come. Yeah, Do not get this confused. With the 1970s, H.G. Huh. Things to Come. This is shape 1936. Shape of Things to Come. No, 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 no. There was a, um, there. oh yeah, the Shape of the. Yeah, you're right. Shape there was of Things HGL's to Come. Of, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's not even think about that one. No, no.
0: No, this is 1936. Mm-hmm. Uh, things to Come. And uh, let's start with a synopsis of this quick and breezy movie.
1: <laughs> hmm. Interesting way of describing it. Do go yes! on.
0: I will. I will give it a shot. It is Christmas time in 1940. Every town, life at this joyous time of year goes on as it always has, with people laughing, shopping, enjoying the panto, and being with their family and friends. But there is an ever-present reminder that Europe is rearming and that war seems on the horizon. At the home of John Cabal, he, his wife, their three children, grandfather and friends, Harding and Passworthy, the celebrations are first ruffled by Cabal's pessimistic musings about mankind's inevitable march towards war. Passworthy, the optimist, assures him there will be no war. And even if there were a war, war is not the end of progress. War spurs progress and innovation. The second interruption is, is the actual war, which starts that very night with a sneak attack bombing and later gassing the city. Cabal and Passworthy are called into military service. Cabal leaves his wife and children, while his wife wonders if it was fair that they brought their children into the world. The war drags on, and true to Passworthy's words, weapons technology such as tanks and planes are spurred forward. In a dogfight, Cabal shoots down an enemy aviator. Cabal lands to rescue the downed pilot, but his plane is full of lethal gas, and it's leaking out. The two pilots both have gas masks, but when an unprotected child arrives, the enemy gives up his mask for the child. Cabal rescues the child and leaves the enemy a gun so that he may kill himself rather than succumb to the gas. Before he performs the final act, he sees the joke that he was trying to gas that child and her family in the first place, and that maybe he's already killed her family. And yet, he sacrificed his life to save her. The war continues, and now civilization begins to decline. In 1966, after 26 years of war, a new pestilence is struck, a plague called the Wandering Sickness. It is highly contagious and 100% fatal. Victims, just before they die, get up and start wandering, sending the other survivors running away in terror. Harding, a research doctor, tries to find a cure, but he lacks the equipment to succeed. One man, Rudolph, has a plan. He orders people to shoot the plague victims on sight. By 1970, half the population has died from the wandering sickness, but the disease has finally burned itself out. Perhaps because of the culling. Perhaps not. Richard Gordon is what's left of every town's Air Force. They have a dozen planes that will not fly because they don't have the knowledge or equipment to repair them, nor have they the fuel to fly them. That's not good enough for the boss, Rudolph, now the warlord chieftain of every town, and wager of perpetual war against their mortal enemies, the hill people. He wants his planes, and he wants them now, and he does not like Gordon's telling him that it's impossible with the resources they have. And then a plane appears in the sky. Not an old falling apart bucket, but a new design. Aboard is an aged John Cabal. He is arrested, but generally doesn't fuss about that. He goes to see his old friend Harding and meets Gordon. He tells them that he's with a group of what's left of the engineers, a brotherhood of efficiency, the Freemasonry of science. Harding and Gordon like the sound of that. The boss is less thrilled with what he perceives as a threat. Cabal, as much as tells him that with his organization, Wings of the World, is building a new world order of builders, but they will not abide war and warriors, and they will clean up the world. The boss puts him under arrest as a hostage so that his people won't attack. The boss is sick of technology. He feels that it has brought the world no good, though he does still covet having a working air force so he can destroy the hill people. He demands Gordon get those planes working. Gordon makes a case that, with Cabal's and Harding's help, he might be able to get the planes working. The boss allows it, but when Gordon gets a plane aloft, he flies it straight to Basra, where Cabal's base is. Wings over the world launch an aerial attack on every town. They bombard the town with peace bombs, which just puts everyone to sleep. And then they send in the paratroopers. The only casualty, the boss, who dies with his way of life. Back at Basra, Cabal gives his plan for the world. Aggressive peace, excavating the eternal wealth of the earth and the fruits of science. Time moves on and great engineering feats vacuum the mineral wealth of the planet, fabricate and build massive cities for the new world. One such city is every town, now the seat of world power. In 2036, a descendant of John Cabal, Oswald Cabal, is the leader of the world. He pursues a restless, never ending pursuit of progress for mankind. But like all periods of human history, there are those who oppose progress. In 2036, it is Theotokopoulos, an artisan who wants progress to stop now. The current symbol of that progress is the giant space gun being built to launch two people into space. The two volunteers are Cabal's own daughter and the son of a descendant of Passworthy. Passworthy also thinks this is madness and does not want his son to go. He is somewhat sympathetic to Theotokopoulos' arguments. Theo I should never have written that name down over and over again. Yeah, should call him Theo just call him something. Theo, yeah. Yeah. Theotakopoulos. <laughs> now I'm, I'm never going to be able to say it again. I got Downhill it right the from first time. Downhill from here. Downhill from here. Theotopoulos goes on worldwide radio and tries to rally the masses into a rebellion. He succeeds, and they start towards the space gun. In a race against time, Cabal gets the two astronauts to the gun and launches them into space. Cabal and Passworthy watch the ship fly on, and Cabal explains that mankind can go on always progressing, always striving, always exploring forever and ever, or he's just an animal that lives and dies without meaning. The ant. Yeah,
1: that summed it up pretty well. Theo
0: <laughs> Whoa, I got it again. There we go. <laughs> That'll never happen again. From now on, he is Theo. Or yep. The Octopus Man. That's what it looks like to me whenever I see it. It's like, oh, The Octopus. The Octopus. I like that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, have you ever seen this before?
1: Yes, yes. I I remember I picked up a, a really poor copy of it on DVD, I don't know, like 20 years ago or something like that. And uh, I watched it and I was like, hell, yeah, that's a movie from the 30s, all right. Uh, you know, subtlety of the message was, you know, was not subtle. It was just there. It's like, here, we're going to tell you that, uh, th- the future can be bright only if we give up our old outdated ways. And yeah. And I was also very impressed with the art deco and modern design of everything. Mm. You know, the, uh, the future, the, the airplanes, the, 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 the space. Like suits that the uh, wings over the world pilots wear, um, and then you know much later on, you know the future that's this nothing but uh, you know a world of uh, acetate, acrylic, and sandals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, I am pretty sure I've never actually seen this film before.
1: Oh wow, I've re- oh.
0: I've read the book, I've book, yeah. I've listened to. Uh, I think Big Finish has an audio version of it. Oh really? Um didn't know that. Yeah. And um I think they had to do something about parallel timelines so that they could get past the whole this isn't the way the actual the last hundred years has been.
1: <laughs> oh
0: well. But you know, but they they told basically the same story, but they they kind of did it like this is an alternate history or something. I, I forgot how it worked. But it was oh, it was you know it was it was uh, Good. They did a lot of HGL stuff that was pretty good. So, Hmm. Um, but no, I I'm pretty sure I've never seen this, and I am kind of glad I got to wait until I got the Criterion edition because (laughs) uh, (laughs) looking pretty darn good for a 1936 black and white British film.
1: I have to say, yeah, the the contrast and the 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 cleanliness of the print are just astounding when compared to the old DVD that I had. I mean, the old DVD had. Uh, dirt on the print. There was noticeable gate weave. It, it was probably a copy of a copy because a lot of the the a lot of the scenes that were were dark were just black. There was mm-hmm. no details in the shadows whatsoever. It was just mud. Uh, and then some of the the later on the the, the highlights, you know, were prim- prominently the walls are white, and uh, it, that was just all blown out. Mm-hmm. But no, this mm-hmm. was a it was quite a nice copy of it audio was nice and crisp yeah just all the others great
0: it was good uh you know as with as with all of hg wells stuff um you know it's uh it's definitely on the preachy side yeah because that's what wells did right that that was the whole point of his writing was to call out things that he saw wrong in the world and and Mm -hmm. uh i'm not exactly saying that this trying to present a solution to it, but just sort of a
1: possible solution.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Showing out the way things might shake out if they don't. Mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, overall, this film is sort of positive.
2: Oh, yeah. You know,
0: except that, you know, I've heard this before, before watching it. It's like this film is very positive, but it's like, and yet it ends with the rabble of populist idiots Storming the the capital, uh, sorry, the uh, the space gun, uh, trying to tear the world down basically again, right? It's like, no more progress, progress is, yeah, you know, it's like there's a difference. You progressives, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> What's the mm-hmm. opposite? Regressives, but uh, yet somehow, even in our society, people use the word progressive as.
1: A Negative. Well, so it depends on who you're who you're listening to. It's pejorative if they're sure, trying yes. to stop people from uh, adopting a, a something they don't like. A, yeah, right. A mental outlook or 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 way of life that is counter to the good old fashioned way of doing things. The way we've we all go. Done it.
0: That this, this, this film stuff. still holds, despite the fact that it's completely you know a history. Of Earth that is almost gone, Mm -hmm. i.e., in another in another fourteen years, we will be at the conclusion of this film, (laughs) and apart from there being a Second World War, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's it's not right, but at the same time, it is. I mean, the same themes come back over and over again, and. Mm -hmm. This this thing of a man has to strive forward and there's always somebody who wants to stop it and go, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like, well, it's eh, I like, like it my yeah.
0: way and that's the way I want it to be. I'm tired of learning new things. I'm tired of learning to have to do things differently. and, and...
1: Right, right. You know, why, why should we look outward when we can look inward and try to fix the things at home? You know, let, let's not Except- bother with, with with trying to figure out what makes up the universe, or but that's not on that what this film
0: goes for, well, right? It, it, I mean, it, at the end, that's not he's he. They're not making the case that says, you know, which we hear all the time. Why spend money on space when we've got so many homeless people? That's that's a valid argument. I'm I'm going to go with how about doing both and stop arming war. But this film is just like we want to keep learning and progressing, and these people are like, I've had enough of that. Right. But anymore. that's what I was saying. <laughs>
1: uh, the, the artist, Theo, wh- whose name we cannot pronounce. The uh, octopus. Yes. The oct- yeah, the octopus. <laughs> the octopus. Uh, his his big argument that, you know, there's been too much progress. Mankind needs to sit and relax and, and stopping him from relaxing. Sort of uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that would be analogous to, you know, let's stop looking outside us. And just be happy with what we've got.
2: He, you know, he's so, you he's know, not so making
1: a good argument against partner. the space gun. No, he's Somebody not. Somebody else it, built it.
0: Somebody else has volunteered to go on it. It's all volunteers. They're all doing it. It's right. not affecting him in any way, shape, or form. He
1: just yeah. doesn't like it. And I, I don't really get the idea that their entire society is based around building the space gun.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't see that. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. He's it's a sculptor. He's a, a project. Doing
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, everyone has everything they need and or appears to be. I mean, this appears to be a a Star Trek future, right, where everyone has everything they need and and their cities are nice and they've got wealth and building and stuff. And then so why are you complaining about what other people are doing? But that is the problem in this world is that there are always people complaining what other people are doing and somehow thinking there's a there's a line in this that says uh, let me see if I can find it. I didn't write it in my final notes, but I know it's in my. Yes, he says your progress makes the great small and the strong feeble. So he, he's basically oh, yeah. saying that that you, I've I've become a great sculptor, and then your progress comes along and you make something that makes me a a, a lesser sculptor because now right. sculpting can be done better. As, or, as the or, pond
1: expands, the fish become smaller, it, smaller.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. that's like, the closest ooh. thing to a. Ego. Salient argument he has, yeah. I mean, at least that one you can understand. It's like you feel diminished by mm-hmm. everything moving faster than you. And I right. suspect that that's probably true with a lot of people that don't like the change oh, in the certainly. world. Like I oh, certainly. Do... Oh, certainly.
1: There's, yeah. I, you know, I, I've met people that that have that opinion nowadays. It's like you know,
0: it's <laughs> about forty nine percent of the population based on the results of the twenty twenty two election.
1: Um, yeah. in some way, shape, or form, perhaps, yes, yeah, uh, but for, for uh, people yeah. in the future, we are recording this uh, shortly after the November uh, midterm, what, what's the official yeah. 2022 the, the midterm, uh, 22 midterm yeah. elections, yeah, midterm elections, yes, so yeah, <laughs> which is a stupid name <laughs> because
0: it's really mid presidential term, but anyway, whatever. yeah, well, so, it's the 2022, it's so like mm. nonetheless. It was about forty nine fifty one. 51 is about the way it worked for most things. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and 49, yeah. they don't like the progressives. Uh, yeah.
1: So I always anyway. thought that was a silly name. Of course you want to be progressive. That sounds good.
0: I know. how How you can turn that into a pejorative term is. I know. It staggers the mind. It's just a complete, absolute failure of education that people don't know what that word means. <laughs> um, I, yes. I, I, you, you, Thank yeah. you,
1: Newt Gingrich. <sighs> wow. Sorry, don't forget, yep.
0: we have the, somebody over in Britain whose name eludes me at the moment. It was like, we're tired of listening to experts. It's like, yeah, yeah. you sure are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you <laughs> ask for there, buddy. Yep. You might get a president like we just had. Mm
0: out. What do you mean? They might get, they have a prime minister that we, like, we just had. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of yeah. them in the last few weeks, but anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, temporary politics, that have nothing yourself. to do. You've probably had seven or eight prime ministers by the time this goes out. Yeah, maybe you just need in a early dozen
2: 2023.
1: Dozen. <laughs> yeah. It um, doesn't. One uh, thing that mm-hmm.
0: I find interesting is that when I think of h g wells and and part of this is because of things like uh time after time and and time lash and uh and other things and and the various uh, adaptations of uh you know some of his novels uh I think of wells as victoriana right he is He is the the victorian or or at the very latest uh you know early Edwardian era. And so the fact Mm -hmm. that Wells lived until 1946 (laughs) and was alive and participated in making this film Mm -hmm. in 1936 is in a way, it just, it doesn't quite jive in my mind. You know, it's, it would be like if somebody said, oh yeah, you know, uh, when they were making the 1940s Sherlock Holmes films, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was working on them. And you're like, "What?" it just doesn't, (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't. Let's be clear, he wasn't. I'm just saying yeah. that it has that same feel to it. That that this still feels more modern to me than than H.G. Wells, but it is not. He he was, you know, he got to see World War II for himself. Yes. Yeah.
1: So um, I should like to look up what he actually thought about that.
0: <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure he was opposed to it, but then I think he was, uh, you know, well, yes, maybe he on the a- side of the Ruskies, too. So um, well,
1: yeah, he was a um a pacifist and yes, he's a socialist. So, yeah, but I'm just curious as to what he thought of the mechanization and some Mm. of the things like his, his concept of ironclads, massive tanks, you know, rolling across the countryside. Yeah. Uh, Obviously inspired by, you know, World War one, but the trench. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, just, just armored vehicles. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we see that in these footage. There's lots of barbed wire and there's lots of, you know i don't we don't exactly see trenches but it it feels like trench warfare
1: yeah yeah the tank the tanks and shot. stuff yeah were still very new uh, method of of waging war mm-hmm. uh in the 1930s I mean, never really been tried but would, I thought would it was particularly the funny when
0: all the the soldiers pulled up on motorcycles that was a
1: yeah that was good
0: oh the cavalry's here the motorized cavalry on yep. the motorcycles anyway Uh, So he had a hand in making this film, and uh, some say that he had an ironclad hand in making this (laughs) film. He he, he had a very strong say over the script, and and he had a lot of say with regards to, uh, in addition to casting, uh, the design, and a number of aspects of the film. And then yet I see other places that contradict that and say that that's a myth. That he didn't have it, so I don't know what the I don't know what the word is. Uh, the DVD Criterion set has uh, the Blu-ray Criterion set has an interview that says, from a historian that says he had quite a lot of control over the over the film.
1: Well, um, I know that he didn't but, like uh, Fritz Lang's Metropolis. He didn't want it to look yes, like that. He want he did not. There be- is
0: a memo memo that says you've seen that. That's exactly what we don't want. Right. Right,
1: so it's like, oh, well, we can get rid of the giant, huge, monolithic, massive tower of buildings that represent the future, uh, yeah, if we can go to something else,
0: oh, those terrible places like New York that are all growing into the sky and have windows, we don't need windows, we've got light inside our houses,
1: <laughs> exactly,
0: what I have light inside my house, <laughs> like at night i I mean. This is not did they not have light in nineteen thirty six Britain I like no. we had light inside our houses It's like uh oh
1: well, true, you know they they had gas light way before they had electrical light, so yes that that's not too uncommon, but still uh yeah it, it was a bit of a rough affair when you wanted to actually like illuminate a room
2: mm. yeah
1: so and and that definitely would have seen like a a completely modern way of having, say, an entire ceiling that emitted light to illuminate a room, you, you know, uniformly. That would have been completely beyond uh, anyone's, you know, concept of of what we could potentially have in our homes. And you know uh, what?
0: That would be terrible.
1: Well, yes, yes, but if you've never actually like been in a room like that, you'd think it would be fantastic. <laughs> It's like, whoa,
0: it's so bright, I can read anywhere under the table. Uh, yes, under the covers.
1: Big, big bright ambient <laughs> soft light above your head. Um,
0: like uh, gosh, you you look lovely by candlelight tonight. No, no, you don't.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. It's not not one big soft box, that's for sure. No.
1: No, it's actually not that great, but oh well.
0: So I wanna uh Let's take a look at the 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 opening sequence of the film, the the Christmas opening sequence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When I'm watching this, which, like I say, I have not seen this film before. I am I'm quite positive, and I also went through the World Beyond book that we I think talked about in a few movie. I don't think it ever aired on World Beyond. Oh, so, I don't think
1: you could. No, that would be a rough one to have on TV.
0: Unless I don't, it was I don't think that I. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever Public seen it. Casting. I don't remember. Yep. any of this except for a few clips i've seen from shows talking about it but i i i really don't remember anything about film. so but the opening sequence which is at christmas or I, I don't know whether it's supposed to be the few days before christmas or it's uh, ultimately it's christmas eve but you know they're all people out shopping they're laughing they're having fun they're they're buying you know merry christmas is being written on the sidewalks and stuff and and very quickly they start the first shot of doing it is a a truck pulls behind a vendor and on the side of the truck it's like war is coming or you know yeah. war fears are growing thing. And then as we progressively move through this highly musicked section of the film with the Christmas music playing and whatnot, we see more and more of news wow. print pointing popping up and showing that that you know that war is ever present and yet people are just going on and doing their lives and and Mm-hmm. And everything. It's it's an interesting juxtaposition. Um, it's very heavy handed and yet it's doggone effective.
1: Oh, yeah. It's yeah, really it, it, effective. It does a good job of setting the idea that that, yes, it's uh, Christmas time. Everyone's happy. But yet beneath the surface, trouble is brewing. And when that, there is yeah. little or nothing that the population can do about it.
0: Yeah, when that truck pulls up with a sign on it, it's just like, oh, that's good. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good. I mean, and it's I don't know, you could argue that it's brought on technology as well. I mean, it's, you know, in the traditional scenes and then a, tr- a lorry pulls up to use the British vernacular and uh yeah, it, it's uh, it's good. It it's very good. And I don't know if it's as intentional, but I'm going to say that the, that the uh that the attack that comes in, did you uh-huh. notice what the first thing that went was?
1: The cinema, wasn't
0: it? It was the cinema. No. Yeah. So the first thing that goes are like arts and frivolous things. And the next thing that went was the department store, commerce, right. trade, Good. supplies. Yeah. And by the end of this sequence, you know, what's the last thing we see? The dead child, the death of the future in yep. a way, which is, is what frequently is used when you show a dead kid in a war film. It's like, Death of the future, right. death of potential.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, it's very strong on the on the symbolism and the themes. One of which is, "Don't worry, we're just about to win over and over and over." In this film, oh yes, the the press, the media are always saying, "Don't worry, it's just the it's just an air raid. that probably won't cause any damage." Don't worry. It's just a few bombs. Go inside. You'll be fine. Don't go out in the streets, hide in the underground shelters. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a gas attack. We'll be passing out. We'll be passing out gas masks. Don't worry. Go inside. Don't worry. <laughs> just over. And, and they, they pull that same thing with the Hill people and and every town. And uh it's just, it, it. and I guess it's a, it's a probably an indictment, particularly, in the earlier part of the 20th century, where the press could be considered an arm of propaganda to some
2: oh, degree. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Right. It, 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 more, so than, more
0: so than now. The,
1: the, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, I think it was probably a lot easier for a government or a non-government power to uh, sway the press. And plus also. Well, it's your patriotic the, duty. Right. Right. And a lot of times the the press enjoyed a good war because it, because it was great to have something that the people wanted to read. So it sold <laughs> lots of newspapers. You know, it was was not very uncommon for major publishers to send correspondence out to the front lines of places so they can get, you know, find out exactly what's going on, that sort of thing. So.
0: Right. But I mean, it, it's clearly it the, the public, the, the public announcements and whatnot are, are were lies. I, they were, they were lies. They were outright lies. You're, you'll be fine. Don't worry. It's just, uh, you
2: know.
1: well, it, it also the city could be
0: that, yeah.
1: Right. They it, might it not have morale. Right. Yeah. And it was just general um, uh, uh, civic addresses to tell people that something is about to happen. And uh, you know, they Keep probably calm, wouldn't, would, exactly. They wouldn't actually know what was about to happen other than there was going to be an air raid. There's also a, a subtle piece of... Um, it, it wouldn't do well just to say, oh, God, we're all going to die.
0: <laughs> I, I can't believe I just used the word subtle, but it was subtle, actually. So <laughs> when the first plane comes over and mm-hmm. they all go back in to listen to the radio, I right? the the announcer is saying, you know, the, the, the plane came over. It sounds like a plane came over and did a sneak attack without warning, and then they've been chased back off the back to the continent, right? right? And then in the next sentence, uh, he mentioned something about the battleship dinosaur. And he, um, mm. which is nowhere near as cool as the Thunderchild from War of the Worlds, but okay. <laughs> that's
2: true. Um, <laughs> that's true. Like
0: farewell, Thunderchild. Um, but then the announcer has a line where he says something about, uh, I forgot the exact wording, but it's like the heavy damage to the fleet or mm, something, our casualties at sea, and and like the woman says, casualties at it? the fleet. Something she repeats the line back because he never mentioned anything. It it sounds like you know we just chased him back off and and off. They're going, and then all of a sudden, you know, and our ships are shooting at him and stuff. And then suddenly, there's like, wait, there's casualties on the fleet. It's hmm. it's an out and out lie. They just completely sort of underplayed what had happened. They omitted that intentionally. That's that's what I read out of this. It's part of that keep your patriotic duty up in the war announcements hmm. kind of things, which we know they did, particularly in World War II, and I assume they did in World War I as well. But, um, you know, there was there was a yes, we have to report, but yes, we have to do our patriotic duty to to keep the war effort and morale up for the people. Sure, and, sure. and sometimes that involved omitting things from your reports. So I thought like I said that was a very subtle sequence when they did that. And I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here. <laughs> I see what's going on here. You can't trust what the announcer is saying at any time in this film. You you cannot trust what they're saying. They're they are the voice of somebody who has an agenda. And uh yeah, um, hmm. that was uh another uh another theme that they like is the um well <laughs> Put these in no logical order because they're in my notes in no logical order. But the grandfather complaining about kids' toys are just too complicated <laughs> these days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how how do you good. feel
0: about that old man?
1: <laughs> how, I haven't gotten that old kids yet.
0: Toys? How are your kids' toys compared to your toys?
1: Uh, Legos are Legos. They haven't mm-hmm. changed too much in 50 years. <laughs>
0: Legos are Legos but that's but the vast majority of kids toys and stuff and then uh, my kids are you know 18 to 20 and and I know when I looked at their toys it's like jeez this is in a way so cool and yet at the same
1: time so where is the imagination
0: yeah where is the imagination it's like if i have a phaser toy i want it to make a phaser sound i don't want it to say Okay, Captain Picard, fire that phaser! <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> it's like, where is the? It's like you just, you just, uh, you're, you're setting the stage for what it's doing instead of what the kids playing. And I, I don't know, but I, I, but I felt it when he was talking about the complicated toys the kids got. I'm thinking, I, I, I can totally see how you would look at the toys that kids get today and go well we never had anything like that we didn't need toys like that
1: <laughs> oh well I've, i yeah i've definitely seen some toys it's like wow that well a good example would be uh the um, the furby oh yeah you know that thing yeah, was that, a and that's nightmare. now an old old toy but the <laughs> the ingenuity that went into creating it is just impressive as heck <laughs> I mean, the mechaniz- mechaniz- mechanization and 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 uh, just the ingenuity was was astounding inside that thing when you saw it taken apart. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so much different than just a a plastic disc that when you push a button, it would play a tiny record for five seconds and make a sound. You know, that had been been inside kids' toys for fifty years or so.
0: When I was a kid, kids' toys were a pair of socks.
1: Oh no. <laughs> Okay, old or man. Not, but... <laughs> if you're lucky, they turn into a, a monkey. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, barrel <they're old> monkeys. <laughs> Wish I hadn't thought of that. All right, um, sock puppet, sock monkey. Uh, all right, listeners. Anybody know the reference to a sock puppet named Skank? Anybody, anyone, write in answers on a postcard. I'm curious if anybody knows that.
1: I <laughs> vaguely remember oh. something about that.
0: <laughs> it was an obscure one. It's an
1: obscure one.
0: Um oh yeah. So um a couple scenes with passworthy or noteworthy. <laughs> hmm. Um one is when he's going off to war- to war. It is interesting that he's doing the whole he's making the argument, "No, uh, this is a different piece. No, war advances technology. War advances mankind. It stimulates them." <laughs> but it's kind of true
1: yeah it is it is to a certain extent um it, it, i think it Wells all depends point, on how long war lasts though yeah. so. i think wells's
0: point was that you know we have passed the point where that's true anymore now what we have is enough to just pummel civilization into the ground instead of you know you, you reach a certain point obviously he hadn't reached nuclear bombs yet but you reach a point where the the weapons is so good you don't need to progress anymore because you're not going to when they right. when it all goes up yes yeah. that's going to yeah. be the end of it um it's one thing to find a different way to kill a guy at 10 feet 20 feet 50 feet a thousand feet and it's another thing altogether when you can kill 25 million of them half the world away in an instant and mm-hmm. you know that's uh um so yeah um I can't mention what it's with, but that's a a famous t v show that I would be spoiling someone if I said that that's that's basically the theme between you know war builds things up or or peace brings things up but anyway, <laughs> we'll say no more well, no. the other thing that was again heavy handed but very quick passworthy is talking uh when they're just they've been ordered to do the mobilization and he's i think he's talking to. To young Harding, and he's saying that you know it does uh, well. It could be a mistake because I mean they, they couldn't they couldn't bomb us without declaring war. That's not civilized, basically, is what he's kind of saying. And then in the course of his own ramblings, by the time he gets to the end of it. He is to the point where if they attacked us without warning and making a declaration of war, they're nothing but vermin that need to be wiped out, right? He is he is he is mm-hmm. completely dehumanized them, which is right. exactly what we do in war. Not usually done in one paragraph of dialogue, <laughs> <laughs> no, It but, takes a few d- days at least. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta go. What get the propaganda department on this? What do we do to them? Oh yeah, they eat babies. Or whatever, you know. Right. But he went, he went straight to it. And again, mm-hmm. that's just the preachy nature of the film. But, but, but yeah. true, right? Yep. Another theme of the film is: if there's going to be war, what's the point of doing anything? Did you notice that one?
1: It starts yeah, with that, Harding. That came up in a couple, couple places. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Harding is like, well, I'm if realistic. we're going to have a war, what's the heck of point of me doing any medical research then? It's like, well. I'm thinking because we need medical research, whether we're at war or not.
1: (laughs) ah, Well, it's just a very fatalistic view where, you know, it's like, well, we could die tomorrow. So why am I going to do anything? That sort of thing. Yeah,
0: And we follow that one up with almost immediately. Were we wrong to have these children?
1: No, yes. Yes. I mean, that's really heavy
0: handed there. Yeah, and, and Cabal, of course, is like, no, oh, you know, carry on and lives and
2: he's
0: right. Whenever, and you do hear people say that. Oh, certainly,
1: arguments. I I remember that yeah. from uh, a number of my friends saying that from the uh, the eighties. You know, so they're not going to bother having kids because you know the the, the they're just going to get annihilated in atomic war from you know with the Russians. Yeah. Like, okay.
2: Like,
0: oh, war. <laughs> or or maybe not (laughs) right or or maybe they will be the people that stop the atomic war with the russians
2: right or you
0: you know it's again wells expressing i don't think wells is expressing his own view there i think cabal is expressing his view it's like yeah you do and you have to go on and life carries on whether there's war or not but we just have to keep moving forward and sometimes there are obstacles like the war and you just got to go do its thing um seems like there was one more in this but i'm i don't have it written down in the same spot so what what uh I, i'm sure i've got a few more but what else have you got uh
1: well oh um not really a lot more than all that um a mm. couple other uh you know like uh I forget who said it, but uh, science is the enemy of everything natural in life. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. oh, really? Wow. No? I think that was the no, boss, that's... but I'm not. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah, uh, that's he's
0: uh, expressing that whole anti-science thing. Yeah. Right. Yet he wants his
1: planes. He wants his planes, you know. That's a, you know. I want my kill-kills good. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Whatever it takes to keep um, me in power. The rest of it, that's bad.
1: Yep. I I like that in the uh, destroyed every town of 1966, and 70, mm-hmm. all of the rooms have some sort of like uh, um, hearth or open fire oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. in them. It's like, wow, really driving home that we pretty much have turned into cavemen. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, were, yeah. that was true. Society has devolved to such a state that, you know, that is it. Okay. One big storm and the houses fall down and that's it. You're just going to be living under rocks after that.
0: And yet they had newspapers in 1966.
1: <laughs> they cost four pounds. Four, I
0: right? know. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine a 1936 audience? Oh, yeah. Britain yeah. looking at that going four pound a newspaper. Exactly. I mean, it's only been ten years since four pound was a good wage for a year for my servants.
1: <laughs> almost, um, yes, you know, <laughs> almost, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. That is, it's very true.
0: Um, I, I think there may have been some inflation during World War One, so that may no longer be true. But yeah, I saw, and also, did you notice that apparently they have a printing press, but they don't have a single set of typeface.
1: They just have, yes, the well, they don't left have behind. Right. They don't yeah, they don't have all of the upper and lower case uh left in the same font. Well, they were
0: different fonts too. Which,
1: yeah, they're different fonts. But yeah, that's that happens. Somebody scattered the font tray. Now they're all over the floor.
0: Just pick me up a set. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you got. Fine. Well, they
1: wear out or they get destroyed. Uh so yeah. That Jeez, boss, be, we don't have the letter E. e. All
0: right. Well, then we're just going to stop using the letter E in our newspaper. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: <laughs> Take this C and kind of bend it a little bit. We'll call that an uh, E. A
0: yep. Or we'll try to convince people it's progress. <laughs> we're, we're now, we've, we've simplified it to only four vowels. <laughs>
1: yeah. A, yes, I, O, exactly. and U. Exactly. We're just going to be, a, that's the future for you. Simplification is the way of the future. Uh, she liked that
0: idea. It was interesting um, the
1: way John Cabal, after he, uh, we see him in the first part of the movie. He's a businessman. Then he gets uh, into the RAF, becomes a pilot, and uh, uh, later when he arrives back in every town as an old man, he says, "We don't approve of independent sovereign states." And uh-huh. I, I kind of got a feeling that this was. One strong man talking to another strong man, you know, very mono view of society, my way or the highway. And it just happened that one strong man had the bigger stick. Uh, literally he had airplanes that would drop things, to knock you out. And uh, uh, I, I can bombs. only assume that they, <laughs> peace, yeah, <gas>. peace bombs, <laughs> peace gas. And I can only assume that the, uh, the guys who paratrooped in uh, afterwards would bring like medicine and clothing and take uh, away guns, take away guns and sharp objects that the locals might not want to uh, part with, since they're being absorbed into this greater state, a la uh, the Roman Empire. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's uh, so there's definitely that.
1: Yeah, um, definitely something we've seen in in other science fiction movies well, at least from the 50s you know um the day the earth stood still that was the big big message there you know you know don't get too full of yourself you know, we can we can we can put you guys out like a light if we want
0: yeah well we welcome you into the brotherhood of planets but
1: you yeah need to but straighten you gotta act up exactly exactly
0: well, that's and... not quite the same because I, I got the feeling that in the day the Earth stood still, we could remain on our planet forever and do whatever we wanted as long as we didn't try to export our madness outside of the Earth. But clearly here, Cabal is not going to allow that to happen. We're yeah. going to clean yeah. up this planet.
1: Right. It is literally my way or the highway. You know, you are going to become part of us. or but the you difference know, we... is
0: my way is good.
1: <laughs> well yeah well it that also ah. that all depends on who you're talking to though because a lot of people will say that well and you know, I don't want to have unlimited health care and a full belly and warm clothes and a roof yeah. over my house a roof over my head and education and stuff. if I can't be a free man it's like um
0: <sighs> or I, I have the dream that you know that I could be a rich man and in your system, I want
1: more than what you exactly. I want more than what you're willing to give me. And I just don't like that more More than than what everyone else
0: has is what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you could work with the program and then you could go out and do something Mm. later on. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this film has something to say even in 2022. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, you watch this film. And science,
1: science fiction yes. is 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 it truly is a, uh, a, a philosophical discussion.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and it is um, a it lends unto the time it was created,
0: but it's also it's also what what works about this film is that I can lens it right through today mm-hmm. too. Right. You can. And I think that's what makes this actually a true classic is that timelessness. It it is. It's holding, even though it's you look at it and you go, that's just that's just funny. But it isn't funny because what they're saying isn't funny. (laughs) Right. What they're saying, we we still have that that human
1: condition that that Wells wrote about in the 1930s is still prevalent today. Yeah. And you know, honestly, will will be with us until until we lose the fight with the hill people and they're victorious.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I you know, I'm I'm kind of in the I'm in the camp that says there's it's got to be possible to be better. It it has yes. got to be possible to be better. And I am not in the camp that that says I don't care if we're looking at the year seventy five thousand. Mankind will still be scum. <laughs> like well. I- I that is not necessarily a true statement. It just isn't. I mean that's it's a it may be true, and it may not be true. And I'm and I'm not, I'm not You feel you know, that it's
1: not a true statement. Yeah.
0: I feel that there's a statement that does not have to be true, and therefore we can strive to be better. Um and if yeah. they won't be better, we'll clean them up.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll beat them into betterness.
0: Now, speaking of betterness. I'm going to roll back to the 1940s, I think, in this film, right.
1: 1946. The pilot Let me sequence. hitch my belt up higher. Here we go.
0: Yeah. The pilot sequence. So Cabal shoots down a guy who's gassing a city. Yes. And, and for some reason, because I guess he's a decent human being, he lands to see if the pilot he's just tried to kill is alive. Because I don't think he's landing to make sure he's dead. No, right? that doesn't no, that doesn't so. feel like it. This 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 feels like that whole thing back in World War One where the pilots were having a jolly good old time with each other. <laughs> it's like, you know, then, hang out and have drinks if we could with each other, but you know, up in the air, shoot for a couple minutes and then come back down and you know, right, right. It was yeah. And they would take care of each other if they came down behind enemy lines and all that kind of badly nonsense. And and give I get them the feeling that that's
1: exactly state funerals.
0: I get the yeah. feeling that that's what this is supposed to be reflective of. It's still that era of mindset that the pilots uh, come wow. down and 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 help out a fellow airman because we're well, we're fellow airmen. Cabal
1: is basically a good man. He just but we see that, that the other guy is
0: too. Right, the guy yes. comes to help him, and he's like, "Now you better get out of here. That's that's gas, and you're going to die." It's like he's the enemy. That's what you want him to do, supposedly. But when it's on a personal basis and he's talking to him one to one, he's a human and he's gonna try to <clears throat> keep him alive. And yeah. then the little girl comes along and he gives her first cabal gives the girl his mask. And he's like, no, I no, don't give him I'm gonna die anyway. Here, give her the mask. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm finished for this. And then, you know, we'll talk about Cabal giving him the gun to do the honorable thing. Uh, but um You know, the guy, the guy says it it, again, very, (laughs) very, we're going to bonk bonky on the head with this. The guy points out, it's like, you know, I was flying over here bombing her. My goal was to kill her with gas, her and her family. I probably did kill her family. She may be the only one left. I've killed them all. And here I am giving up my life for that girl. Mm -hmm. And I think, once again we're talking about that whole dehumanization of the enemy but you know this guy's not a this guy is not an indecent human being there's a child who could get die and he saves her it's it's it it's definitely you know trying to play up the the the, the contradictions of humans in
1: war well so i think it's trying to get the idea that the the airmen of the world are somehow better, but they have a, a more uh, holistic view of of things. Well,
0: <clears throat> I mean, I, I again, it could be back to that whole ni- nineteen seventeen fighter pilot kind of mindset, but I'm seeing it more as the 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 dehumanizing effect. Hmm. And I remember very much there was a um, uh, an episode of Mash. And, uh, there was a pilot who I uh, ejected. Yeah. I think he ejected or something and he got, I don't know if he was wounded, but he ended up at the 4077th and, you know, everybody was kind of appalled at his attitude because his, his war was, I spend days at the base and then mm-hmm. i at a plane and I, you know, fly for a couple hours, bomb a village, uh, you know bomb some targets and then i'm back for the officers club for in time for a fine dinner and you know he was a young man and they thought he was a decent and so hawkeye forced him to uh confront a a bunch of children that had been blown up by a bomb and his his question was you know i think i think he said and i'll i'll leave this in for the podcast is that you're a real bastard aren't you And Hawkeye's like, "Mm you know, yeah. He said, just tell me one thing. Whose side bombed them? And Hawkeye goes, does it matter? And he says, yeah, it matters to me. And and his response, (laughs) doesn't matter to them. Yep. And, uh, you know, ruined the war for this guy. Because he was having a jolly old time. Up until the point where he saw children being killed. Which is exactly what's happened to this pilot. It's, there are so many things Mm -hmm. that happened in this film that I looked at and I go, what? i Definitely, someone has stolen that later on, <laughs> like here, there, and elsewhere.
1: Oh, and I'm sure that 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 idea had been around uh, well before Wells uh, uh, that it was incorporated into his film. But yeah, yeah, the, the, seeing the ramifications of your actions, uh, quite, <laughs> yeah, quite, quite oftentimes possibly. changes people's outlook.
0: But but remember, you know, there is there is something that's to be said for people who are fighting a war from the air, which was new in World War One, mm-hmm. having that extreme distance from their targets. I mean that's that's as clean yeah. as it gets, as the guy was pointing. Now, now, of course, you can fly a drone over and pop them without any risk to yourself. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. so <clears throat> that's even that's even more so. But so I'm I'm not saying it, you know, it could happen with people with artillery at long range and whatnot. But I, I have a feeling that it's a relatively newer idea in the zeitgeist of war uh, uh, in in the early 20th century. But whether it's unique to Wells, I don't know. But uh, let's see, uh, but it, yeah, it's a powerful sequence because it really does. It, again, it comes back to that: how like passworthy is immediately dehumanizing them. Yeah, right? you can <laughs> commit atrocities if you dehumanize them, and then. You no longer can when you rehumanize them, which is what we're having happening here. So and and of course, Cabal sees this, too. You know, he 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 witnessed this guy become a human again and not just mm-hmm. the enemy. So,
1: OK, wandering death. Yes. Was that biological warfare? Um, I would at first I thought yeah, it was some sort of an offshoot of of using gas to fight war. And then the, the the criterion bit about the one ring death saying that it started near a zoo, meaning maybe it was it's, it jumped from animals to humans. But I, I'm going to yeah, go with a no chance to read that. Yeah, I'm going go to go with uh, with a form of biological warfare. And I thought it was interesting that the that the use of gas was so prevalent in in the the movie uh, as opposed was to a big deal. Bombs. Right. Because. Gas was uh, a truly, truly horrendous and terrifying thing from World oh, War yeah. One. Uh, it was it inflicted massive casualties on both sides sometimes, and uh, civilian oh yeah, the wind changes. Whoops, exactly. And uh, it's just horrible. It's it's a reason why it's just totally not uh, what you do with war these days. Uh, in but. Not saying that. Countries haven't used it, but um, we we
0: don't have a, um you know there's no threat of nuclear war here, right? right. So World War One the worst thing there was was mustard gas, right? Yeah, I mean that that is
1: chlorine. That yeah. was
0: chlorine. Yeah, that was that was the horrible. i sure phosgene was thing. around in, but yeah. Um, and they I don't know when it was outlawed. Yeah, We could look it up, but I don't know when it was outlawed. But one, it may not have been outlawed in 1936 yet. And two, even if it was outlawed, it was the horrible thing from the war. You can easily see how Wells would go for that. It's like the whole point of this is that these people are not not behaving in a civilized war. I mean, it's a sneak attack. They don't bother to declare war. Sure, they're going to use gas. You're going to use whatever weapons you have because... That's what people do in war. There is no, there is no quarter given. And right. So, yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me. It, what, what surprises me is that, well, surprise isn't quite world. It's like, it's just, you wouldn't think of it now because we don't, that's not the horror we think of in war, right? We think of napalm. We think of, of, uh, atomic weapons, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fire bombings and things. Those are the big bads in the last few wars. And so, uh, you know, if you were writing a story now, then that's what they would, they'd go straight for the A-bomb
1: or the H-bomb or, you know, the N-bomb. Something like that. Or the nude bomb. Um, Right, neutron bomb, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, you know, this makes sense in the context of 1936, but it does feel a little out of date. Um, And I don't think, you know, an audience watching now I don't think that you would understand how horrible gas really was. Yeah. Right. I, I don't, you know, I I've grown up in here, about gas attacks and it's like, Oh, well you just, Oh, gas, put on the gas mask and you're fine.
1: Um, you know, it's
0: no big deal, but that's not the way it was. Uh, and know. if you got caught without the gas mask, and well, some gas and there were some, couldn't be stopped by gas masks.
1: Right. So, they were gas masks wouldn't stop it. Or, the blistering agents were particularly nasty where oh, it yeah. got on, if the mist got on your skin, it would start to burn you. And, and, it, you know, oh, yeah. and if you it's inhaled horrible. it, you were dead. You drowned in your own, uh, liquids, you know, Yeah, pretty quickly. It was a terrible, terrible way of uh, going. Uh, and, and, and it turns out that, is... the... mm-hmm?
0: uh, I was going to say the only indication of this in the film is that he gives him his gun. Get, right. Here's my gun. <laughs> you want to shoot yourself before you let the gas kill you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, even I with chlorine there gas. A few people that did that. Yes, yeah, so you'd want to take your own life before you actually succumb to the fumes. Yeah, it turns out that uh, chemical warfare had been prohibited by the Geneva Protocols of 1925.
0: Okay. But I, yeah. I like I say, I, I see Wells' position here is that protocol, schmota calls.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: It's interesting to me that it seems like this war is perpetual and yet, you know, by the time we get to every town 1966, uh, you know, they're fighting the hill people.
1: Yes, I have in my notes here. World war world war started in 1940 ends in 1966 with the defeat of the hill people.
0: <clears throat> it's like um you know it just everything broke down and yet the military structure remained and they just kept having to fight somebody to maintain order. And mm-hmm. so you know, so if you can't wage war across the water then we'll wage war with a guy up in the hills
1: because he it, has uh, he has rocks we want or sticks that he want, or that we want or something like that yes
0: i i, I kind of got the impression that they went for the coal people to get the fuel so they could attack the hill people but i'm not 100% sure yes. on that
2: because
0: i think then they were planning yeah, they, on attacking the hill people yeah they they, they did
1: that. yeah they did take the uh the coal mine so they could do uh Create oil from the coal.
0: Yeah. So, and of course, you know uh, the that whole sequence there with Rudolph, the the boss, and and he's, you know, he was the guy that came up with the idea of shooting the Wandering Dead. The, <laughs> yeah, the wandering he's the smart guy. Make him the boss. Make him the boss. Like his unswerving dedication saved us from the plague. So, yep. Treat him like the king. Uh, <laughs> Sad but true.
1: (laughs) That's how strong men get elected.
0: Just keep making promises. Just keep making promises that sound good to gullible people. Yep. Okay. The future. Yes. The the future. future. Far flung year of 2036.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I guess all the building and stuff and the, the. one thing that does not date well in this film is Cabal's talking about the, <laughs> the eternal or endless resources of the earth. Right, we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to drain all the endless resources <laughs> through the earth. It's like, okay, your definition of endless and mine are not the same.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, I guess think perhaps is... Cabal's
1: idea is that they do it in a, fa- a manner that is more efficient than what we're currently using. I mean, they use gigantic Electrolux uh, (laughs) vacuums (laughs) to suck the uh, nutrients out of the earth to make shiny, large sheets of, I don't know, plastic wall material or aluminum. I
0: I don't know. I'm going to guess that it probably is not yet really into the mindset that our resources are finite.
1: (laughs) No, that is. I I, I think I just literally,
0: you know. a lot of people will, uh, if you go back, actually to this day, right? There are people who deny things like extinction events because, uh, or that that we've got a problem here on the planet of our own making, because God made it so that we can do what we do, right? It's It's bountiful and plentiful, and God's given us everything we need. And therefore, it is impossible for us to destroy it because it's designed specifically for us to do that too so yeah uh, and and yeah. i think that there's a little bit of not necessarily the god angle to it but you know you go back far enough it's like how could we possibly how could we possibly dig up all of the stuff like, it's <laughs> like the earth is so big and we are so small
2: it's yeah. just
1: naivete that's all it is um but uh, but
0: efficient exploitation that's the key <laughs> <laughs> I th- I believe efficient exploitation is the kind that gets more of it out of the ground faster <laughs> at least that's what we'd call efficient exploitation yeah that's uh, true
1: yeah. that's true
0: yeah um, <laughs> yeah that, that didn't date well that that part definitely is like kind of hit a sour note it's like okay your vision of the future is built on a lie
1: <laughs> well you know if that A a lie we know that today, but back then, you know, they, I I don't think too many people would have thought that we could possibly run out of oil or cut down all the trees or use up all the water. So, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. How could you possibly
1: do that? Yeah, there's so much of it out there. You got to be nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's all there is to that, but it's just, it's just kind of funny. Um, They don't really mention this much in the film or, well, they so gloss over it that you, I, I didn't get a line that told me this. But my recollection of the book was that the intermediary stage, like where we're seeing wings over the world, is mm-hmm. actually a collection of let's call them guilds. So, in other words, instead of a government, a world government, there is a collection of the aviators guild and the steamship dudes guild and mm-hmm. it, it's a world of trade unions basically uh that are which eh, workers control the means of production i I've, i think i've heard that phrase somewhere before um, i think i've
1: had for that too yeah
0: yeah they don't really go into that much in this thing i mean yes the, the wings Over the world is one of the guilds it's my understanding but you know they just sort of, eh, and now let's move on. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's leave out that, let's leave out that uh, socialist commie stuff that uh, it's not going to play well in uh, Peoria. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know that, uh, that you watched it. And so I think it's fair for us to discuss it. There is a, on the criterion collection disc, which I, I recommend it's, it's an absolutely gorgeous print of this film. And it I, I'm, I'm, this film is preachy and has odd pacing and the characters are stilted. And I absolutely loved this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched as like, this is, this is a classic. This one. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Everyone needs to have this one under your belt if you're a science fiction fan. Um, but one of the things that they talk about in this, one of the documentaries on there is about the history of the film and design and, and how there were a lot of different designers and Wells had a lot of input in, in what was going on in, in the design. And uh, one thing they pointed out is that Wells was very keen on having the space gun be a gun, even though we already knew by this point that it would probably be rockets if we were ever going to get off the planet. But he wanted it to be a space gun because he wanted that metaphor, basically, of we start the film with the anti-aircraft guns for destruction and death, and at the Mm -hmm. end of it, we're using the same technology for progressive things exploration of space and it's okay it is dumb (laughs) it's 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 dumb and uh apparently right after the film came out the uh the the british astronomical society immediately published a thing that said yeah they'd be jam
1: (laughs) well yeah i think they they came up with that after uh jules verne and using a space gun to get to the moon yeah Uh, the, the acceleration would would just make everything kind of a mincemeat on the floor. But, uh, but this wasn't instantly. about,
0: this isn't about technical accuracy. Here's an example of science fiction not being about technical accuracy. It's about yeah, yeah. making the point. And, yes. and I'd have missed it. I, I totally uh, would I, have, I,
1: Oh yeah, I would too. I, 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 I would just thought, thought well, that I that's,
0: am... that's just a dumb idea that they used to think a long time ago. But no, it was, they knew yeah. they knew this was wrong and yet it had to, be there for the look and the style and the feel of the film. Although I think there is, you know, I think the British astronomical society did not watch the film closely because if you paid any attention uh, when they were getting into the uh, capsule, uh, they said to them, uh, make sure that you uh, you clench your muscles during the takeoff to tighten all your muscles during, during, the, the concussive effect. So, right. uh, so, you know, they wouldn't have been turned to jelly because they were clenching. Um,
1: <laughs> huh. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know if you can stop like bullets. Safety
0: way. belts, uh, maybe shock cushions or, uh, you know, something, but uh, no, clench.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: <Yeah. laughs> really you know. tight. <laughs> yep. Which, which oddly enough, just to throw a little bit of real world. Uh, data out there people who are drunk uh-huh. although they obviously cause a lot more accidents and therefore you know i am not advocating this in any way shape or form but people who are drunk apparently have a higher incidence of surviving serious accidents because they don't clench up
1: right they're relaxed so when they get flung around the cabin <laughs> they're they don't break things as easily yeah <laughs>
0: So, yeah, you Yay. see it and you clench up. That is the worst possible thing to do in an accident. You want to go, huh. yeah. unfortunately, right. you can't. Because <laughs> no, that's not, not what that. humans do. <laughs> no. You can't. You can't. And, and I know I've been in situations where I clench up and then, it, you know, it's too late by the point you've clenched up. But you go, oh, I shouldn't have. <laughs> I should have loosened up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Go limp. Go limp. <laughs> yeah. No, um, so uh, bad advice. Bad advice if you're in a space <laughs> ballistic missile. Do not clench. <laughs> Let's see. Um, you know the 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 design documentary points out that the inside of the city looks very much like a lot of hotels. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, is he right.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. You know you got all these floors all over the place, giant open spaces with. In the with middle. The, and yeah. With elevators going to the floors and yeah, everybody has yeah. a balcony. Everyone's got a window view of the world. Yep.
0: But if, but you know what I saw when I watched that film before I saw the documentary and it goes, Oh yeah. Hotel too. Mm-hmm. I saw Logan's run.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, that looks so that, much that like the
0: dome that city look. that. Yeah. It's like, yes, the dome city is bigger and it's got fake water and the fewer travel books, dome, but it, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, the, the the scenes of people milling about and, and all that busyness, right, if you will.
1: Yeah, and it's what you would have in a, a very large climate controlled covered city. You know, you could have you know, there'd be no reason to have uh individual houses on all over the place because you know, you got these big office blocks, or not office blocks, but uh, housing you blocks know, when, and uh
0: just think about the crowd scenes and everything they don't oh well just, yeah they all the just, crowd was scenes like,
1: running all over the place yeah
0: e- even at the beginning you know where people are filling into the amphitheater or, or whatever they're doing it's like that's them going to carousel i mean that is <laughs> kind of not the carousel but you know it's all the crowds gathering at the the thing or shop of course they're shot in a shopping mall which mm, but it, it's um Again, I look at that and I go. I have trouble believing the designers of, or the producers or director of Logan's Run didn't kind of cop some of that from this. It it really has that feel. I think we mentioned that he did not want Metropolis. Yes, we did mention that. Yeah, exactly. That was that was.
1: That had large crowd scenes in it too.
0: Yeah, but they were they were uh, downtrodden masses, weren't they?
1: Uh, For the most part, yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Checking not, to, not free people searching to stop progress. <laughs> I just wanted to relax. <laughs> Do you have anything else about? Nope. Uh, well, I am definitely glad we took a look at this one because I, you know, I I I knew enough about it. I, like I said, I've read the book. I understood that it's a what it is, what the book was it's um uh i guess the other thing i should draw from that documentary is that this is not exactly wells first foray into making something on film but it's his first with a real with real people who knew what they were doing making a real studio and he was he was going for his books he was going for the uh uh his books aren't stories per se a lot of them they are some people call them future histories right they're just mm-hmm. they're sort of this description of what's going on through through time what could happen and he was he was definitely not going it's not a narrative about the people. The people are kind of unimportant in this. Yes, there are people there, but the individual people are unimportant. It is it is civilization, it is society, it is the themes. It's it's all that rolling through this scope of time and um and I think that's reinforced by the fact that he keeps using the same actors in different, you know, in different roles. It's like it's it's irrelevant, right? That that's they're just ciphers. They're just people that are filling the space in mm-hmm. in the world as it goes by. Yes. Um, so it was a it was an odd film, and Wells had something that he wanted to accomplish with it. He had a couple of things he wanted to accomplish, uh, and when he was done, he concluded that uh, this was not the medium to accomplish
1: his goals. Just stick with books. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, stick with books. So it was, um, but it, it's part of what makes it kind of a unique piece. Um, the the other thing that they mentioned that he wanted to do that he did was not capable to do is that he wanted the score written first. He wanted to make the film as a musical isn't the right word, but it's very almost operatic. like an opera. Yeah, yeah. so like it's a, it's a, the music tells the story and then people come in with dialogue to to move it along so you understand what's happening and they they wouldn't let him do that (laughs) but nonetheless he wrote the script in conjunction with the guy who wrote the music Mm -hmm. so so the two were kind of tightly wound together even though the music wasn't actually written until after the film was done all right uh well Because this is movie night. We never know what the next movie night is going to be. But uh, it'll be a a good one. I'm sure it'll be
1: a good one. (laughs) Yes, it should be wonderful.
0: (laughs) Something with William Shatner, I think, and spiders, maybe. I don't know. Um,
1: I might be busy that (laughs) night. I'm not sure. (laughs) John, thank (laughs) you for joining me. (laughs) You're very welcome.
0: Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com/fusionpatrol or patreon.com/fusionpatrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation in the comments section of this episode at fusionpatrol.com. You'll also find there over a decade of past episodes. You can find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash Our music is fight the future by Amber Wolf. This has been a lone locust production. On the next episode of fusion patrol, we'll be looking at the star Hunter redux episode rivals, and we'll be wondering just exactly what Callie has to do to show Travis that he is not fulfilling her needs. Come join us next time on Fusion Patrol. Also, don't forget that between now and April 7th, 2023, over at SoundCloud.com slash Fusion Patrol, we're running our special series on Star Trek Strange New Worlds.
2: Check it out.